Good morning, everyone. My name is Marcus Cappers, and I'm a Riverside uh, trustee. Have been now for uh, just over a year, I think. Um, my wife and I and three children, we go to uh, Queensbridge, and they're over there, actually, because of the, um, uh, the Sunday school that they're involved in. Um, they would have liked to to join me, or maybe they wouldn't have wanted to listen to me, I don't know. Anyways, but uh, greetings from them. And uh, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I work with a, a mission called Reach Across, and uh, what we're doing here in Birmingham, uh, and have been doing uh, elsewhere in the Middle East as well, is engaging with Muslims, uh, just sharing the love of Jesus Christ with them. Some of you may know uh, James and Mel Lynch, who, uh, who also are involved in uh, similar work. Uh, together with uh, uh, Riverside Church. And uh, we seek to, well, basically we, we seek to be able to listen to uh, what Muslims have to say, but also to, to share with Muslims uh, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I guess the, the story of how we came here to, to Birmingham three years ago, three, three and a bit years ago, um, it's quite interesting because we, we lived in the Middle East for 13 years. Uh, we raised our three children there. Two of them were born in the Middle East. And uh, for us, that was home. Um, when we had to leave in 2011, we had, we had many questions for, for God. And in fact, just before, I, I can remember a few weeks before we had to leave, um, we didn't know yet that we had to leave. It was very sudden, but I was praying I was, I was asking God, please, please just let us stay here. This is where, this is our home. We, we love it here, we love the people here. And please, won't, won't you just let us stay here for a bit longer? And um, well, it, it was within a, a matter of a week that we were told we, we've, gotta, we've gotta leave quickly. Um, leave all your stuff, just take a, the suitcases you can carry and, and off you go, return first to Canada, that's where I'm originally from. Uh, and, then, and then God knows where we're gonna go next. Um, I had questions for God after we left. Why? Why did you rip us out of, of our home there in the Middle East? Um, why did we have to go through this? Um, one of our children was rather traumatized actually from the whole experience. We had questions, and these questions, they seemed to go unanswered. Um, that's what I'd like to have a look at just uh, this morning a little bit with you. Um, Monday, what does Monday mean? You've been looking at that these past few weeks. I think for many of us, Monday means um, uh, more prayers, more petitions to God. Please help me just get through this week. <laughs> and you probably have specific prayers uh, as well. Um, Perhaps some of you uh, may even uh, have had very, very specific prayers last week. I know Andy probably did as well. Uh, you know, some sports team that you're supporting and you really just want them to get through. And then what happens? Oh, your prayer seems, it seems that it's gone unanswered. Scotland, they didn't win. Why? You have these questions. You have requests that at times seem to just go unanswered. But does this now mean that, that we shouldn't ask for things that, that might seem impossible or, or very unlikely? I can remember 
uh, Nathaniel, when he was a bit younger, probably around seven or eight years old, he used to like to pray this prayer. Please, Lord, please make everyone have a great day today. And after hearing this for, you know, <laughs> for a long time, I, I started to get a bit frustrated and said, Nathaniel, listen, <clears throat> um, you need to pray your prayers a little bit more specifically because there's lots of people out there in the world who are not going to have a great day today. And there's lots of people who, for, for whom, you know, when, when we pray, uh, yeah, unfortunately, their day is not going to get brighter. So... So he started, he started praying this prayer. Please, Lord, let most of the people have a mostly good day today. <laughs> and it, it started to make me think a little bit about, you know, the prayers that, that we pray. And I think so many of us, hopefully you all have a prayer life of some sort. I know mine isn't up to the, the, the standard I would love it to be, you know, this just this constant communication with the Lord. We pray little snippets here, little snatches there. Um, and I don't know if you keep a, a tally or a count of, of how many of your prayers go answered, but this morning I just wanna have a look at some of those prayers, also from the Bible, that, uh, that went unanswered. Unanswered requests, unanswered questions, but as I, I hope that I'll be able to point out, these were prayers that, that didn't go unheard. Now, in the Bible, we have um, a number of uh, people uh, who, who prayed prayers. I mean, obviously, the Bible is full of people who are, who are praying to God and asking and have requests. And one of them, Paul, the Apostle Paul, at one point, he made a request. Um, we find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. What was this thorn? Now many people speculate what it might have been. Maybe it was some uh, physical impediment that he got, or uh, maybe it was someone who was really giving him a lot of trouble. Um, we don't know what this thorn in his flesh was, but we know as well that the Lord actually didn't take it away from him. Why wasn't it taken away? I mean, this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about here. Why didn't the Lord answer this very specific prayer request? Lord, take this thorn away. We, we know that Paul interprets this thorn as, as something that was given to him to keep him from being conceited. But, you know, a, another well-known man in the Bible, Job, he had a lot of prayers that he made to God with questions as well. And many of you have, have heard about Job or you, you know a little bit about him perhaps. Uh, this man who was afflicted, he was... It's a real, um, not a rags to riches, it's a riches to rags story actually because this is, this is a guy that, uh, that had everything and then it seemed that God, was it God? It seemed that all of this that he had was taken away in just the space of a, uh, maybe a, a day or two. He lost everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. 
He lost his own health. And Job, Job then had questions. He had questions for God. Why did I not die at birth, God? Why didn't you just kill me when I was, when I was born or before I was born? Why is light given to him who suffers? Why have you set me as your target? Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Why do the wicked still live? And why do those who know him not see his days? Did the Lord answer Job's questions? No. They went unanswered. Now these were prayers that, that all went unanswered. And perhaps some of you here today might nod your head and say, wow, yeah, I've, I've, I've got requests that have gone unanswered. I've got questions as well that have gone unanswered. What is the Lord doing in all of this? This morning, I just want to, to let you take, take heart that these, these requests, these questions, while they may seem to go unanswered, they do not go unresponded to. Just having a look at uh, Paul's request again, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Seems a little bit of a, an odd thing to say, isn't it? Power made perfect in weakness. When we don't receive what we've asked for, God somehow gives us the grace that will be sufficient for us to bear our burden. Paul had uh, previously also declared to the Corinthians God's faithfulness. He said, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Now this word tempted there, it's interesting because in the Greek, Perasmos, it also has the meaning of, of trials, of testing. And in a trial, you are tested. It's not just about taking exams here, but it may include family problems. It may include work uh, problems at work. It may, it may include sickness as well. And Jesus knew this all too well when he, uh, when he told the story of the the, the parable of the sower in the fields in Luke chapter 8, verse 13. He, he talks about some seeds that fell upon the rocks and uh, the, the, the rocky part. And he, he says, he tells or he explains to the, the disciples that uh, those on the rocks, those seeds that fell on the rocks, those are the ones that receive the word with joy and when they hear it, they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Now, trials and testing, they, they come to all of us. It's inevitable in the life of faith, as much as it is for those who have little or no faith. Testing and trials will be unavoidable in our life. And yet, listen to what another apostle, James, says about testing in James chapter 1. This is now from the message. He says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life 
is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Now there's someone else, someone even more dear to our hearts, isn't there, who himself had a request, a petition of his heavenly Father, a petition, a request that went unanswered. We read in Matthew 26, verse 39, and he, Jesus, went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, the Son of God, he prayed, he pleaded with sweat that poured out of him like blood. And was his prayer answered? He went through the ultimate test I mean, how tempting was it for him to, to simply be able to turn his back on the cross and, and walk away from it all? Yet Jesus, he had the confidence to allow his prayer request to his father to actually go unanswered so that the will of his father might be done both in his life and, dare I say it, in your life as well. Now, what about Job's questions for God? Job's questions, they went unanswered, but they were not unresponded to. His friends tried to answer his questions, and they had all the spiritual jargon and, and, and wise words to say, oh, it's because you sinned. That's why God's smiting you. That's why you're suffering now. It's because you did this, this terrible thing, or you didn't do that. They always tried to have a smart and spiritual answer for everything. In actual fact, it probably would have been better for them to just shut up and sit with their friend Job and mourn with him. But God, God responds to Job. Brace yourself like a man, he says. See if you can answer my questions regarding the universe. God responds to Job. He displays his sovereignty in the midst of all this trouble, this confusion, this question, questioning that he has. And we read in Job 42, after the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, this is one of his friends, I'm angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken to me or not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Throughout his ordeal, in spite of all the questions that Job had for God, questions that really went largely unanswered, Job continued to have faith in his Redeemer, his Redeemer that he believed would live and would one day vindicate him. 
And Jesus himself, as well, had questions for his father. Questions that went unanswered. We read that about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. That means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did this question go answered? There was silence. Silence in heaven. God's own son cries out from the cross, why? Why have you left me? It is his heart's cry. It is a question from the cross put to his own father in heaven. And yet for this son of David, who echoes his ancestor in Psalm 22, which we read together with Andy, so full of anguish, there is a response. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest yet. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not disappointed. Yes, God was silent when Jesus uttered that question. That prayer went unanswered, but it did not go unresponded to. In that hour of darkness, our holy God turned his back on his only son who received the sins of the world on his shoulders. Sin was nailed to Jesus and that is where Jesus gained the victory. It was truly his crowning moment. There as the psalmist had prophesied and foreshadowed, we, you, were delivered. Because of what Jesus the Messiah did, we can cr uh, cry out to him and we can find salvation. We who put our trust in him shall never be disappointed. Now there's always a risk in praying prayers of petition in, in asking God to, to do something for us or even questioning some of the things that are going on in our life. You know, when we pray prayers of, of praise, uh, well, they don't go unanswered. They're kind of safe prayers. And, and that's fine if that's what you're looking for. But you know, Jesus actually invites you to petition. Jesus invites you to make requests. He invites you to ask questions. Ask, he says. Seek. Knock. Now my prayers, they, they're not always answered the way that I want them to be. My questions to God often go unanswered, but they're not unheard. Remember my request that, uh, that we would be able to stay in the Middle East and uh, some of my questions to God, why, why did we have to move? Why did we get ripped out of our, our home? Well, that petition, that request, and those questions were never answered the way that I had wanted. But now, um, 
us as a family, we, we live and we work amongst uh, Arabic-speaking people and Urdu-speaking people, Muslims right here in Birmingham. And we'd never expected that. God invites you to talk to him, to wrestle through issues with him. Some that may not be resolved so easily or so quickly. But if you can take anything away from this talk this morning, I want you to know that God does, in fact, answer prayer. Now don't get me wrong. Not all my prayers get answered the way I'd hoped or asked, um, but the majority of them, I believe, work out better even than I had ever expected. Now this morning, I just wanna leave you with one picture. Um, it's a picture that, uh, that is of a friend of mine who lives in Bristol and his son. So uh, he allowed me to, to take this photograph of the picture itself, because every time I visit them, uh, you know, we, we're, we sit at the, the dinner table together and, and there's that picture right in front of me. It's, it's amazing. And, and to me, what it speaks about is prayer. I love this, because I see a father and a son together playing music. And the son is, is holding the bow and the father is, is holding his hand and, and somehow together they're playing music. Now who is the one actually playing the music here? That's the question. And I feel that in a similar way with, with prayer, prayer allows us to, to play this music together with our heavenly father. What kind of song or or our music is, is little William there hoping to, to play, I don't know. But what piece of music is his father helping him to play? What, what symphony does his father have in mind as they play together this instrument? For me, I, I just, I find it a great privilege that I have a God who allows me to partake in this, in this music, in this symphony that he's creating through the prayers that I believe do have an effect and never have to leave me or you disappointed. May you be blessed this morning.